Section 22 of The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Fleischmann. The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. Translated by Edward Bish. Book 3, Chapter 5 conversation between Socrates and Pericles concerning the then present state of the Republic of Athens, in which Socrates lays down a method by which the Athenians may recover their ancient luster and reputation. Socrates, one day, being in company with Pericles, the son of the great Pericles, introduced the following discourse. I hope that when you command the army, the Republic will be more successful and gain more glory in their wars than formerly. I should be glad of it, answered Pericles, but I see little likelihood of it. We may bring this matter to the test, said Socrates. Is it not true that the Boeotians are not more numerous than the Athenians? I know it. Nor are they either braver or stronger? True, they are not. Do you believe that they agree better among themselves? Quite the contrary, said Pericles, for there is a great misunderstanding between most of the Boeotians and the Thebans, because of the great hardships the latter put upon the former, and we have nothing of this among us. But the Boeotians, replied Socrates, are wonderfully ambitious and obliging, and these are the qualities that naturally push men on to expose themselves for the sake of glory and of their country. The Athenians, answered Pericles, come not short of them in either of those qualities. It is true, replied Socrates, that there is no nation whose ancestors have done braver actions and in greater number than those of the Athenians. And these domestic examples excite us to courage and create in us a true love of virtue and bravery. Notwithstanding all this, continued Pericles, you see that after the defeat of Tolmides at Labadia, where we lost a thousand men, and after another misfortune that happened to Hippocrates before Delium, the greatness of the Athenians is sunk so low, and the courage of the Boeotians so increased, that they, who even in their own country durst not look the Athenians in the face without the assistance of the Lacedaemonians and of the other states of the Peloponnesus, now threaten Attica with their single forces, and that the Athenians, who before ravaged Boeotia, when it was not defended by foreign troops, begin to fear in their turn that the Boeotians will put Attica to fire and sword. In my opinion, answered Socrates, a governor ought to be well pleased to find a republic in such a condition. For fear makes a people more careful, more obedient, and more submissive, whereas a too great security is attended with carelessness, luxury, and disobedience. This is plainly seen in men who are at sea. When they fear not anything, there is nothing in the ship but confusion and disorder. But when they apprehend that they shall be attacked by pirates, or that a tempest is hanging over their head, they not only do whatever they are commanded, but even observe a profound silence, waiting the order of their captain and are as decent and orderly in their behavior and motions as those who dance at a public entertainment. 
We shall yield, then, replied Pericles, that the Athenians are obedient. But how shall we do to create in them an emulation, to imitate the virtue of their ancestors, to equal their reputation, and to restore the happiness of their age in this present one? If we would have them, answered Socrates, make themselves masters of an estate, which is in the possession of others, we need only tell them that it is descended to them from their forefathers, and they will immediately be for having it again. If we would encourage them to take the first rank among the virtuous, we must persuade them that it is their due from all antiquity, and that if they will take care to preserve to themselves this advantage, they will infallibly likewise surpass others in power. We must frequently represent to them that the most ancient of their predecessors were highly esteemed on account of their great virtue. You would be understood, said Pericles, to speak of the contention of two of the divinities concerning the patronage of the city of Athens, of which the citizens, in the days of Cecrops, were chosen arbitrators on account of their virtue. You are in the right, said Socrates, but I would have them be put in mind likewise of the birth and nourishment of Erechtheus, and of the war that was in his time against the neighboring nations as also of that which was made in favor of the descendants of Hercules against the people of Peloponnesus, and, in short, of all the other wars that were in the days of Theseus, in which our ancestors were always reputed the most valiant men of their age. If you think fit, they may likewise be told what the descendants of these ancients and our predecessors of the last age have done. They may be represented to them as resisting sometimes with their own forces only the nations whom all Asia obeyed, whose dominions extended into Europe as far as Macedonia, and who had inherited a potent empire from their fathers, together with formidable forces, and who were already renowned for many great exploits. Sometimes you must relate to them the victories they gained by sea and land in conjunction with the Lacedaemonians who are likewise reputed a very brave people. They should be told also that great commotions being arisen among the Greeks, and the most part of them having changed their places of abode, the Athenians always continued in their country, that they have been chosen by several people to arbitrate their differences, and that the oppressed have always fled to them for protection. When I reflect on all this, said Pericles, I am surprised to see the Republic so much fallen off from what it was. In my opinion, replied Socrates, she has behaved herself like those persons who, for having too great advantage over their rivals, begin to neglect themselves, and grow in the end pusillanimous. For after the Athenians saw themselves raised above the other Greeks, they indulged themselves in indolence, and became at length degenerate. What course must they take now, said Pericles, to regain the luster of their ancient virtue? They need only call to mind, replied Socrates, what were the exercises and the discipline of their ancestors, and if, like them, they apply themselves to those practices, they will no doubt arrive at their perfection, or if they will not govern themselves by that example, let them imitate the nations that are now uppermost, let them observe the same conduct follow the same customs, and be assured they will equal, if not surpass them, if they labor to do so. 
You seem to be of opinion, my dear Socrates, that virtue is much estranged from our republic. And indeed, when will the Athenians respect old age as they of Sparta do, since they begin, even by their own fathers, to deride men advanced in years? When, too, will they use themselves to the manly exercises of that republic, since they not only neglect the good disposition and activity of body, but laugh at those who endeavor to acquire them? When will they be obedient to the magistrates, they who make it a glory to despise them? When will they be in perfect unity, they who, instead of assisting, daily prejudice one another, and who envy one another more than they do all the rest of mankind? They are every day quarreling in the public and private assemblies. They are every day suing one another, and had rather find their own advantage in the ruin of their neighbors than get an honest gain by reciprocally assisting one another. The magistrates mind not the government of the republic any farther than their own interests are concerned, and, therefore, they use their utmost endeavors to be in office and authority. And for this reason, in the administration of the state, there is so much ignorance and malice, and such animosities, and so many different parties among private persons, and I much fear that this mischief will get such a head that at length there will be no remedy against it, and that the Republic will sink under the weight of its misfortunes. Fear it not, said Socrates, and do not believe that the Athenians labor under an incurable disease. Do you not observe how skillful and obedient they are at sea, that in the combats for prizes they exactly obey the orders of those that preside there? and in the comedies how readily they comply with what they are bid to do? I see it well, answered Pericles, and cannot but wonder that they are so ready to obey in these and the like occasions, and that the military men, who ought to be the chosen part of the citizens, are so mutinous and refractory. And what say you, pursued Socrates, to the senate of the Areopagus? Are they not all of them persons of great worth? Do you know any judges who discharge their office with more integrity, and who more exactly observe the laws, who more faithfully render justice to private men, and who more worthily acquit themselves of all manner of affairs? I blame them not, said Pericles. Despair not, then, of the Athenians, added Socrates, as of an untractable people. But it is in war, replied Pericles that much discipline is required, and much modesty and obedience, and these things the Athenians wholly want in that occasion. Perhaps, too, continued Socrates, they who command them know little of their own duty. Do you not take notice that no man undertakes to govern a company of musicians, or of comedians, or of dancers, or of wrestlers, unless he be capable of it, and that all who take such employments upon them can give an account where they have learnt the exercises of which they are become masters? Our misfortunes in war, then, I very much apprehend, must be owing in a great measure to the bad education of our generals. I know very well that you are not of this number, and that you have improved to your advantage the time you have spent in learning the art of war and other laudable exercises. I imagine, likewise, that in the memoirs of your father, the great Pericles, you have found many rare stratagems, and that by your diligence 
you have also collected up and down a great number of others. Nor do I doubt, but that you frequently meditate on these matters, that nothing may be wanting in you that may be of use to a general, insomuch that if you find yourself in doubt of anything, you immediately have recourse to those that know it, and spare neither presence nor civilities to incline them to assist you and to teach you the things of which you are ignorant. Alas, Socrates, said Pericles, you flatter me, and flatter me for many things that, I am afraid, I am deficient in, but by that you instruct me in my duty. Upon this, Socrates, interrupting him, I will, said he, give you an advice. Have you not observed that in the high mountains, which are the frontiers of Attica, and divide it from Boeotia, the roads through which you must of necessity pass to go from one country to the other are very rough and narrow? Yes, I have. Tell me besides, have you never heard say that the Mycians and the Pisidians, who are in possession of advantageous places where they dwell in the dominions of the king of Persia, arm themselves lightly and make continual inroads upon the neighboring provinces, and by that means are very troublesome to that king's subjects, and preserve their own liberty? I have heard so. It is probable, too, continued Socrates, that if the Athenians would possess themselves of the mountains that are between Boeotia and Attica, and if they took care to send thither some young men with arms proper for inroaders, our enemies would be much prejudiced by them, and all those mountains would be as a great rampart to cover our country from their insults. I believe what you say, answered Pericles, and take all the advices you have given me to be very good. If you think them so, replied Socrates, endeavor, my friend, to put them in practice, for if any of them succeed, you will receive the honor, and the republic the profit, and even though they should not meet with success, the Republic would have no inconvenience to apprehend, nor you the least dishonor. End of section 22